Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Evan Drury. Evan has been a financial advisor for the last 12 years to help families live life on their own terms. But more importantly, he is a proud husband and father of two kids and a puppy. Evan, thanks for joining me on the episode today. It's great to have you. I'm glad to be here, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Totally. And I guess let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are? Yeah, long story over 12 years. Um, so <laughs> I knew I wanted, so going way back, way back, you know, probably early teenage years, somewhere around there, I really knew that I wanted to understand money and understand how to help people with money. I always saw my parents, you know, talking about money issues and and concerns and wanting to help out, but not really sure what to do as a little kid. And, you know, even back then my dad and I would buy stocks and it was very simple. It was, you know, I like mac and cheese. We'll buy craft. Okay. Um, You know, Microsoft computers were just coming into the home around, you know, when I was hitting my teen years then. So very simple, no understanding, just, just trying, trying to learn. Um, And, and, you know, flash forward a couple of years, uh, I got into college. I double majored in marketing and finance and you know, throughout that time, I still had that in the back of my mind, understand money, uh, but I didn't have a clear direction, didn't really know exactly where I wanted to go. Um, and so throughout college, I was just trying different ways to make money. I worked as an EMT, I worked as a bartender, and I was you know, navigating all these different areas I could go while also earning those degrees and making money at the same time. And ultimately, just towards the end of college, I really said, all right, I really have a passion for money, helping people with money, understanding this, and I've always wanted to do this. So at some point in my life, I'm going to go into finance, but there's a little detour before that. So I was working at the bar, uh, as I've talked about before, and the bar I used as two things. One was making money, well, actually three things. Two was being able to travel because I was always a a good worker. I made friends with my managers. And so I could take off, travel the world and then come back. I still have a job. And then three was connections. So I used this bar. I made fake fake business cards that said financial professional on them. And every event I would just hand them out and just try to build a financial network because I didn't have any connections, or at least I thought I didn't at the time. Learned later about networking a little bit more, but um, I didn't think I had a network. So I would get email addresses and start networking with people. And funny enough, 12 years later, I'm still connected with some of these people. I still have conversations with some of them. And some of them have gone pretty far throughout all the you know well-known financial companies or even some independents that are uh, you know doing quite well. Um, but anyway, so I, I was at the bar and I traveled the world for a bit uh, with nothing but a backpack on my back. I figured that if, if I'm going to devote everything to finance, which I know I would do one day, 
well, you know, I might as well have some other life experiences first. And so I, you know, went all over Europe and, and uh, a little bit in the US. And then I came back and I was going to do one more big trip. And I was going to just focus on a finance degree. And a little background about where I was, where we are in the story. So the financial 08 crisis had hit and it was bad for finance majors graduating. And I, I said, okay, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be a tough job market. So I'm, I'm going to work at the bar, build those connections, and I'll do one more trip. And then I met my wife or my soon-to-be wife uh, at the bar at a charity event. And <laughs> we hit it off. Six months later, we were traveling the world together. And, you know, later on, just down down the road, we uh, once we got married, we traveled all through South America for our honeymoon and even hit the Galapagos. So uh, been everywhere, done, been everywhere I wanted to go so far, uh, done a zillion different things. Um, but we get back from from our main trip, you know, just to come back to this present of the story and we decided okay we're we're going to both settle in on our career figure out what we want to do and find some place that fits uh all the criteria we're looking for i got a job at one of the big brokerage houses um, merrill lynch and she got a job you know in a design oriented field and we both just hit the ground running and just a little bit of background you can stop me at any time by the way because, no you're, you're this uh, is great Okay. Um, but so I started at Merrill Lynch and I could not start as a financial advisor. And to be honest, I really didn't want to, because in my mind, I go, why would I be able to say I'm the best person to solve your retirement needs or provide solutions for your life savings? I just graduated college. It didn't make sense to me. I said, all right, I can take a couple of years. I said two years and you can go join the program. And I said, all right, great i got my foot in the door any way i could and so i just said all right i'm going to learn this business from top to bottom and then i'm going to shift over to financial advising and what i did was is i was a problem solver so i i actually got all my licenses and i was working in this hybrid role that was kind of like an advisor but i was helping out advisors solving any problems and working on any sort of a complex solution that their strategy needed. I, I mean, I even traded, you know, millions and millions of dollars in bonds for very, very big clients early on. And my criteria was, if I'm going to help you solve a problem, then you're going to answer a couple of questions for me about your business, about how to succeed. And, you know, that was in my mind. I didn't, I wasn't so forceful with these, with these top producers, but it was a huge branch. It was um, top three in revenue in the U.S., uh, for the, you know, so for the nation, I go, all right, I'm going to get the best advice from all the top people that Merrill has to offer. And I'm going to translate, you know, three years of experience that I ended up having there into 30 years of experience by asking and having these questions answered. And I ended up moving from that hybrid advisor position to something, uh, on a team specifically so I could get more in touch with specific clients, just working on one set, one specific team strategy, worked there for about a year. And then an opportunity at my current firm came up and it had a lot more financial planning. Whereas, you know, we're talking over a decade ago, 
there was nowhere near as much financial planning discussions happening as there are now. There was a lot of trading still happening. And I said, okay, I'm gonna make a bet here that financial planning is going to be huge. And I need to add that to my offering to really make a long, a long uh, go of this, you know, not just look for, you know, helping people today or money today, because if you really want to help people, you always need to be enhancing your skills and building up your offering. It's not just about client service. It's about how can I save you taxes? Uh, how can I build a plan and, and not just rely on one stock? I always talk about strategies over stocks these days for just that reason, because there's a lot more to it than that. Then I came over here, I became a financial advisor, I learned planning, and and that brings us you know, to the summary of, of 12 years, so here we are today. Perfect, I love it, and I know you mentioned that you uh, not only majored in finance, but you also majored in marketing. Did that have any impact on uh, why you started writing online? You know, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that I've just, always been interested in many things. Um, I would say that finance and marketing, I, I thought were a great pair because you always have to be able to explain yourself no matter how good you are at a topic. You know, I always think of the, the engineer who builds a product but doesn't ask for the market or who wants said product. They build product and then they say, look world, I've built the product, but no one knows what it is, what it does or how it can help them. And so I, I, I think the skills were helpful, uh, but I don't think um, it helped me or, or inspired me to write. I think writing happened by accident or just being forced to, right? Because the, the pandemic really started it all and everything I was doing was in person. So once the pandemic happened, I said, all right, I need to get online and figure this out. And I failed for two years trying to figure out what worked online. And I wasn't writing for myself. I was using other services here or there, um, trying to implement. Eh, I wasn't seeing that much success. And then all of a sudden, I, I started seeing people writing on LinkedIn. And some posts really stuck out. And I, I went, that's really great. I'd like to try that. And, and then I started to see there was a community online of people that were writing every day. and they had strategy for how to present it and they knew how to write for a specific emotion or whatever it is they wanted to do. It just blew me away. It, it has been an amazing learning experience. And, and this all happened in the past eight months. I, I started realizing A, what to do, B, you know, how to do it consistently and then build habits and routines to make it uh, sustainable. But yeah, coming to writing was, was kind of an accident. I never thought I'd be a writer. So what, what are some of the things that you saw on LinkedIn that maybe you incorporated into your own writing that has been successful for you? Well, I, I think that I learned a lot from outside of my industry. So there's a lot of copywriters. I didn't even know what a copywriter was a couple of years ago, to be honest with you. Um, but just formatting so that people will read it. You know, because I would write walls of text and <laughs> and you looking back, you go, yeah, I don't I wouldn't even want to read what I what I wrote myself. Um, they're branding specialists, um, you know, people writing in all different industries. I, I mean, it was just 
it was just a flood of information, but all interesting information. So I, I wouldn't say, they, well, actually there is one, uh, one that stood out. And obviously I, I think we all have a Justin Welsh uh, story where we saw Definitely. Justin Welsh and we're like, wait a minute, this person is not only, uh, has followers, which I didn't, you know, I had no idea LinkedIn had followers, um, but he has a lot of followers and he's writing about LinkedIn. He's writing about how to monetize LinkedIn. He's built a business here. And also some posts that you initially see, you go, wow, okay, that that was funny. It, it made me think and, and I was entertained or all of the above uh, in one post. And so I saw that and that was really a catalyst to being um, consistent because when you start out as a writer, when you're not a writer, it's, it's not easy, but that certainly it just gave me the juice to just go every day. I love it. Um, what's something you would give a piece of advice you'd give to maybe it's a driven college student. They're about to enter the real world, the workforce, any advice that they should take or maybe ignore in general or going into my field. Let's say in general, I mean, you had quite the, quite the roller coaster of graduating college, right? I mean, it was right after 2008. And I think a lot of people who could really empathize with that right now, especially with COVID and the whole pandemic and just the world being a little bit turned upside down for a while. So uh -oh. do you have any advice that might fit in from that 2008 that could be applicable today? Um, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I graduated right into the kind of the end of the 08 crisis in a financial uh, with a financial degree when financial degrees were not in high demand. People with three to five years experience were looking for kind of entry level anything just to get a paycheck. And there were hiring freezes everywhere. And actually, I got in right before a hiring freeze started again at the branch I started with. Uh, so I would say. Now in today's world, start writing online. You know, it's unbelievable that I can reach thousands of people per day just by writing online. So if you if you have a specific whatever, if you like marketing, finance, um, whatever it may be, and you really love that topic, and you you might not be completely sure, right? Because how, how much of us really know what we love at 21, 22? But the skill of writing is an evergreen skill. So take what you love today and start writing about it and start learning how to be a better writer. Then learn about advanced topics on that, write about that. And that will, on social platforms like LinkedIn, allow you to not only put your name out there more, but build an evergreen skill like writing. And also you're, you're starting to learn all about whatever it is you want to talk about. So you're not just a college kid who just graduated. You're someone who does research and then writes about it in an in-depth way. And you're learning how to network on a level that I would say 99% of people just don't know how to do. They put their resume out there and they hope, or they write a cover letter and a resume and they hope. And through all of that, you will find a community that is unparalleled by anything I've ever seen. And I'm 36 now. So it's powerful stuff. Nice. And what about uh let's talk about in maybe in your profession what are some of the bad recommendations that you hear uh in your area of expertise or or maybe it's just uh 
you know, certain strategies or things that people try to implement that are just not ideal, they shouldn't be doing or anything of that nature. You know how they, uh, the old saying or the saying that's going around a lot these days about who is you associate, the five people you associate with most. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of bad advice because I am surrounded by very talented people, very good people. Um, I would say that if I were to start out today in my industry, I think I've been hearing, you know, it's not recent, but you know, I see everything online. I'm always looking through all sorts of social media and I guess Reddit is something that's coming to mind yep. as of late, but don't just go for your advanced degree right away unless you can get it through school. See if you actually like the field, learn about what positions are out there because finance is something you really have to commit your life to. You have to know a lot about tax law, about how to invest, about people. And, and you know, it's harder to manage a person or a family from a behavioral standpoint than it is to manage a portfolio these days. So if you're going to commit your life to something, give it a few years, in my opinion, to just learn. Learn, see if you really love it because you're going to have to commit a lot of time to it. And if you don't love it, you can go do anything else, but at least you know you gave it a shot and you really thought, okay, uh, I understood what the opportunity was and what my trajectory would be. Uh, if you love it, great. Then go after the CFP, CHFC, like I have, which is, you know, same thing, just different marketing. And, and then give it your all. Whatever path you go down, there's a lot more paths than you have available. Then network and learn what other roles are out there and what will be a best fit as you go through your career. Do you ever feel like you're almost a therapist or psychologist a little bit with your clients? Always. Always. Uh, you know, I just had a conversation come up today about I need to retire now. That was an email, retire now uh, from someone and they're miserable at their job and they absolutely should be. It is an awful situation and, you know, they, it, it's, it's toxic. And so I understand, you know, when I talk about everything I do in my posts, I talk about, you know, the financial side, but also the family side, you know, the emotional versus the economical, because like you said, it's a lot more about psychology than it is about just the dollars and cents. So I would say that with this person that I'm thinking of, absolutely, I've been counseling them for the past year, year and a half. Don't just retire to escape, find something else. And I said, listen, we can drop the income needed because we have a whole financial plan showing them everything they need to do and how their life looks based on returns, taxes, inflation, all of that. But let's drop down your income. So you're making as little as can be, and you're saving a, a couple of bucks here or there, but at least you're not withdrawing from your portfolio to live. And how does that situation look? Can you be happy doing something, you know, reduced hours, whatever it may be, and then retire in a year or two, three years? Oh, I forget exactly this situation, but part of it, so part of the psychology is just saying, don't just retire to get away. Figure out maybe a different solution, a workaround, so that you're maximizing or protecting what you have, because we're playing decades-long games here. If you're retiring at 60, 65, 
I assume that in, in my plans, you live till 90. So we have to make that last through it all. So part of it, it, it right, it is a big part of his psychology and, and just saying, don't, don't just worry about leaving the toxic job. And certainly if it has to happen, we can figure out a way, but it's also about how do we make both ends of this work? And I, again, I say the emotional and the economical, we can drop the economical to increase the emotional and we can still come out on top of the long-term as long as we don't completely get rid of one. So how does that, that balancing act occur? I mean, what would be something somebody today could start doing so that they never have to face an event like you're talking about where they absolutely hate this job, they need to retire right now? Yeah, uh, there's a number of things you can do. Um, and obviously the, the uh, go-to financial advisor answer would be to continually invest. Let's say we're, since, since we're talking about additional timeframes to prepare for, if you're, if you're young, if you're making a good amount of money in your thirties, sock away as much as possible without sacrificing living today. Uh, another thing I talk about, you have to live today while securing tomorrow, because if you're not enjoying today, a lot of people go, what's the point? What's the point of saving all this money? Fair point. Okay, well, on the flip side, if you don't save that money, you run into this situation like my, my client that we're talking about. So sock away as much as you can, but set aside money, make a plan, make a, a cash flow chart here. And I, I do that for my clients so that you see, oh, I can, still, I can still take that vacation. I can go on you know, extended weekend trips or, or do whatever it is I wanna do in the now, but I still have tomorrow taken care of. So do that. I also am a big fan of of increasing your skills, whatever it may be, especially since I've learned to write online. Learn more skills. And um, Alex Hormozzi calls it the uh, SME 500 fund. Yep. So, yeah. So set aside some money for that, too. You know, it break it up so that you have money to invest in learning in new skills, whatever they may be, whatever interests you. That could be a marketable skill later on. And, and I, I would say those are the top two that come to mind. Perfect. What do you, what are your thoughts on investing in things like memories, taking that trip? Obviously, you, you know, don't, if you have $5,000 to your name and the trip costs $6,000, maybe it's not a good investment for you, but mm -hmm. if it's not going to kill you, how, how do you feel about that as an advisor? Yeah. I started talking about investing in memories um, early on in this writing process because I think a lot of people, uh, financial advisors included, myself included, for the longest time, we just talk about retirement. We just talk about you know getting that 65, building, we're just building up assets, uh, you know, however, whatever age you are. And I think when you invest in memories, you're investing in the moments that matter at any stage. So if, if I say next week, I'm going to take off on Friday, and I'm going to buy ice cream for my two kids, go to the beach and put my dog in doggy daycare so I can just focus on my kids. That doesn't cost much. You know, it's gas, it's ice cream for my kids, it's maybe pizza on the boardwalk. But more importantly, I invested my time and I scheduled it so that I can make time for all the people that matter in my life, wife included, of course. <laughs> um, but schedule those things that you want to do because and I'm absolutely guilty of not doing this. So I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch, but schedule those things that you want to do, 
make sure that they're already in, uh, on the calendar so that you can't forget about them and allocate a little bit of dollars. It could be a lot of dollars. I, hey, I went to the Galapagos for my honeymoon. I, I know I've, I've thrown a lot of money around on trips and traveled the world, but you don't need to spend that much. The simple pleasures really are the best. So invest your time and invest whatever dollars make sense into memories that'll last a lifetime is what I'd say. That's perfect. And I always like to ask advisors, and this is a little bit of a silly question, but what's the best investment that you've ever made? Maybe it's in the S&M 500, um, but what is that for you? Knowledge. Anytime I invested in myself in learning about a different area and how to complement anything else I'm doing has been an unbelievable investment for me because knowledge and the accumulation of knowledge that's put into practice is an investment that always goes up, can't be taken away, and you can constantly add to it. Um, yeah, that's, Perfect. that's the best one I'd, I'd go with. And I know a lot of people right now, especially on LinkedIn, whether you're scrolling the internet in some fashion, you'll probably within five scrolls come across a, this is my morning routine. This is how <laughs> I, you know, I, I do six cold plunges a day before 5 a.m. You know, you got to eat liver and otherwise you're going to not be successful. So um, financial advisors, I saw three today who posted something like that and theirs were not as um, aggressive, uh, but I, I think it's important nonetheless, uh, and I don't mean to go against it because I think everybody has a morning routine, myself included. Um, what does yours look like? Is there anything that you do to make sure you're ready to take on all of your clients every day? Because obviously you're also playing a little bit of a therapist like we just talked about. So you have to be ready to handle whatever the day throws at you. So how are you preparing for that? It's a little bit different because I have kids and my son is four. He wakes up at this you know, with the sunrise with me or wakes me up if, if i'm being a little lazy that day let's be honest but I, I would say that keep it simple don't add more stress to your day uh and i can be very regimented i've tried that morning routine stuff and it can just get a little crazy to where to the point where you're you're not feeling your best if you didn't do your hours worth of routine in the morning forget about it no i, I would say that my routine right now is it has been for a year is get up with my son, go down, make him some milk, make him a waffle. That's his favorite thing right now. And then I just turn on the coffee machine because it's already prepared, have a glass of water, coffee, I watch the sunrise with my son. And then from there, I can just cook some breakfast for us or, you know, get a couple of things written for LinkedIn or Twitter these days. But the main thing is just spending that time. He, he even asked me to sit with him. So water, coffee, stuff for my son, sit down and enjoy the morning with the sunrise. That's awesome. Perfect. Well, that leads me into the last question. I ask every single person who comes on here. It's what's your why? Why do you do what you do? I always wanted to help people with money and I realize it's not just about helping people with money. It's helping people live a better life and, and figure out how to live the life they want on their terms. It's about money, but it's also about time. And it's about those memories I talked about before. And also 
making money, being able to help people do that. So I would say that's that's my why, why in a nutshell. I love it. Well, as we wrap up here, for someone listening, if they want to reach out to you, they want to learn a little bit more from you, um, what are the best places they can reach out? I'll put your LinkedIn down below, but you also mentioned Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, you so want to plug your uh, handle? <laughs> Do I even know my handle off the top of my head? Uh, yeah. Um, if you don't, yeah, it's definitely. okay. I can just add it down below. Yeah, definitely LinkedIn uh, for sure. Um, Perfect. Comments or the DMs and on Twitter at Evan P. Drury on Twitter. Yeah. Perfect. Comments and DMs as well. Awesome. Well, Evan, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on here today and share a little bit with us. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I always like talking to you and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon.